Oh, kia ora whanau. I'm, all, I'm already, I'm part of your whanau now, so I'm not going to do a mihi, but do, I do say, uh, na mihi o te, o, o te whare o te atua o Turanga Nui Akiwa ki a koutou. Bring greetings from House of Breakthrough in Gisborne, Turanga Nui Akiwa. It's really great to be here again. Thank you, Gideon, Catherine. Love you guys. He's like the brother from another mother. We've got so many similarities. He says, you do that, I do that. And even Jess says, oh, she rolls her eyes. So. But uh, yeah, we're one in the spirit. But it's really great to be with you all this morning and to just to be worshipping Jesus together. Uh, that's, he's, the, he's, the, he's the factor that brings us together. doesn't matter who we are, what our background has been, where we've come from, or where we are, what color, what creed, what race. He's the one that brings us all together. Thank God the solar system revolves around the sun and this divine order. When our lives revolve around the S-O-N, they sun, that's where we have divine order and harmony. It's beautiful. So it's just a, a privilege to be here worshipping the presence of Jesus with you this morning. And he surely is walking among us. Um, he surely is walking among us. A couple of weeks ago, uh, a lady who's not a prophet, prophetess, or the daughter of a prophetess, just a beautiful lady in our church. She had an open-eyed vision, and she saw this lion walk into our auditorium and come up on the stage and just sit with his paws out, and she saw this big fire in front of him. And um, she doesn't see things like this. And uh, we had just been worshipping God, worthy, worthy, worthy. He's the one who's worthy to open the seals. And when I heard those words being spoken this morning, uh, I just felt his presence coming in here. And so he, Holy Spirit calls the Lord to be, to be shown to her as a lion, the lion of Judah, the manifestation of his presence. And, um, and then a few weeks later, or a week later, the Holy Spirit whispered in my ear, Aslan is on the move. And those of you who know the Narnia tales, Aslan's uh, the lion in the story uh, representing Jesus. And so the Lord said, Aslan is on the move. Well, the Holy Spirit said that. And um, so I've talked to, uh, shared that with some of the prophets and prophetesses in our nation. And because I don't have the full interpretation, I get revelation, doesn't mean I know everything about it. <clears throat> and so I just put it out there to say, you know, anyone else catching this? What are you catching? And I shared it with one particular prophetess up north. And she said she has been seeing this lion in their services for about six months open-eyed, walking among the people. He jumped up onto the ble up onto the high rails once and just sat there. And she said he wasn't impressed with what's going on in church. <laughs> he loved everybody. He wasn't angry, but he wasn't impressed with what we're impressed with sometimes. And and she saw him and was wondering, why, why are you here? What are you doing? Because this isn't prophesying what he's about to do. This is watching waiting and then following him instead of the other way around us trying to grab said this is what he's doing we don't know what he's doing and she said as he was walking along and, and just sitting there she just cried from her heart oh lord and the moment her heart cried out his ears pricked up so i just want to share that with you and this morning i felt him walk past me i felt the main walk past me and, um, and so this happened about two weeks ago when this presence of the Lord turned up in the building. And then 
the, the Lord, Holy Spirit said, he's just going to sit down beside people. <laughs> he's just going to sit next to you on the seat next to you. And even though there's somebody next to you on that seat, he can still sit there because he's spirit. And he's just going to sit next to you and he's going to just, I don't know what he's going to do. He's just going to sit next to you. <laughs> and I feel that here, that his presence is, he just wants to sit next to you. He wants to see, just, he wants you. you know. And a lot of the stuff we do, it's all good. You know, we can do things that honor God and so forth. But the things that impress him is our hearts and our love for him and our heart cry to him. And may, your, may his ears prick up as he sits next to you this morning. He's starting to heal now. He's healing some ears in this place. Because, um, so some of the ears, just, that you've had a difficulty or a problem in your hearing, and it's just been healed right now, just pop, just like that. Just, who is that person? Just to indicate right now. Just lift your hand up, God, at the back there. How long did, what was wrong with your ear? Or how long did you have a, whatever it was? Four or five years. And what's happened right now? Just opened. <laughs> and no one touched you but the lion sitting next to you. The presence of Jesus is there. And he's just walking among us. His presence is walking among us. And we're used to getting people up and laying hands on and praying and anointing. And that's all wonderful. But but <laughs> Jesus said, You don't have to do it, son. You just tell them what I've already done. So he'd already healed the and there's someone's neck just being healed right now, just being crack, crack, crack. Somebody's neck is just as I'm speaking right now, you're feeling heat or that power go through. Just move your neck around. Faith is an action. Just action your faith. I'm not doing this. This is Jesus. Okay? I'm just a hose. He's the water that flows from me. It's Jesus touching you because he loves you. It's not great faith you need. It's just his love for you. Who's that with the neck right now? There's two necks right now. There's another one just healed. Just lift your hand up, please. I can't go past till I get those ones. Who's that one with the neck? Just move your, your neck. You can feel it's loosened up right now. Just Don't be shy. Don't be fuckama. <laughs> Just put your hand up. So just, just acknowledge. Give glory to Jesus. Give glory to Jesus. God, at the back, who else is there? Someone else. There were two necks. Just healed right then. Because it's connected to your spi a spinal condition. So it's going through your back as well. It's beautiful. Over there, is that you? Okay. It's how God... Bless you. Thank you for putting your hands up. You know, it's just honoring and giving Jesus glory. But I cannot go into a meeting without using my gift and allowing his healing presence to flow. So I don't need to, so I'm not healing you. He already healed you. That's a beautiful thing. And unfortunately, we've been taught a lie. We've been taught that when Jesus forgives, that's easy. But when to heal is, requires new, different faith. It doesn't. Healing and forgiveness of sins and healing of the body are synonymous with the Lord. He does both. So when you're forgiven, he, he takes the root of sin and he releases healing. But you're not taught that in the West. I teach that in this third world, and that's all they believe. So the moment Hindus or, or, or crippled Muslims come to the Lord, when they give their life to Jesus, not only does he take their sin, he takes their cripple, he takes their disease, and they get up and they walk back normal. Because that's what they're taught from foundations. 
So we need to reset our foundations in the word of God and who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Anyway, it's by the by. Hey, I've got a prophetic word for you this morning, and I've run it by your pastor to see whether it's for this church. So I was staying in the Ridges Hotel, and it's uh, 14th story, and I'm looking down on the Avon River over this weekend. And, um, and so as I was looking at the Avon River, the Spirit of God began to speak to me. So uh, we able to play that um, video clip of the river? Oh, there we go. Yeah, did this this morning. And if you just have that playing in the background, and I'll just read to you what, what I heard the Holy Spirit saying. For decades, the Avon River has silently flowed through this city. It has a specific direction that flows out towards the sea. Over decades, thousands of inhabitants of this city have walked along the banks of the river. Very few have actually got into the river. Over the decades, tens of thousands that once walked by the river have now passed away. But the river is still silently flowing. The river is like the invisible spirit of God that carried silently the eternal purposes of God for the city. The river of God's spirit flows silently, but few get into it. Few allow the river of God to take them into the direction of God's purposes because they're so busy with their purposes. One day you and I will die and leave this earth, but the river of God's eternal purposes will continue to silently flow through our cities and through our nation. Are you in the river of his purposes for your life? Or are you bogged down in the swamp of busyness, dramas that keep you out of the river? When you get baptized, it symbolizes you've died to the, your river, your swamp life, and your life to the river of his purposes. When baptized, we're meant to stay in the river of God's purposes, dead to ours and alive to his, seeking first his kingdom. Haggai 1-2 said, this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. Verse 4, is it time for you yourself to be living in your paneled house while this house remains in a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways. You've planted much, but you harvest little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you have, never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you're not warm, and you earn wages to put them into a purse with holes in it. <clears throat> verse, uh, verse 9. You expected much, but see it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew it away. Then the question, why, declares the Lord, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you are busy with your own house. Okay. So, I was just meditating on those scriptures. I'm just submitting this to you, okay? It's not a word to condemn. It's a word to uplift, but it's a word uh, in the season, I believe. Part of, God's, part of being in the river of God's purposes for every believer is to help Jesus build his church. That's what part of being in the river of God's purposes is the purposes of God is Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. He said, that's before he comes back. Okay. So part of the purposes of God, of being in the river of God's purposes, you're here today helping build his church. The fact that you are here, part of his body, yeah, that, that's part of helping build his house. And I just 
Bless you for that, especially here in Christ Church. Ezekiel saw a river with different depths to the ankle, to the knee, to the waist, and then it was a river that went over his head. Many of you are already in the river of God's purposes in this church. You may only have the time to be ankle-deep commitment in the serving in this house. At least you got your feet wet. You may be deeper involved up to your knees in serving the church. Well done. Some may be in the river of God's purposes for this church and this city, um, and you're being carried by the flow because it's over your head, and you're being carried by the flow of God's eternal purposes. It's easy to get into the river. Simply get in by getting involved and using your gift to serve God's people. It's easy. Get in the river of God's purposes by using your ability, your gift, to serve God's people. Jesus washed the feet of his people before he left. And when, you are, when you're in the river of God's purposes, the river will flow through you. And out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. So when we're in the river, the river flows through us. Many want, they want, the, want to be in the river. Let the river come. But the river flows when we serve others. And when we pour ourselves out to others, we get empty and then God refills us. And then when we're refilled, we pour out again to others. Isaiah 58. If you pour out your soul to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in obscurity and your darkness will be like the noonday. And you'll be like a well-watered garden whose waters fail not. And so it's easy to get into the river of God's purposes. Just serve people, especially the household of God. Especially the household of God. That's what the scriptures say. Serve God's people. So those of you who are serving in this church, you're in the river. Some up to your ankles because that's the time commitment you can give. Well done. Some up to your knees. Some up to your waist. Some you're riding over your head. Well done. And just stay in the river by serving one another. Because out of the church, out of Ezekiel's temple, the river began to flow from out of the house. And then it flowed into the, into the city. It flowed into the land it flowed into the, the, into the fenema around the temple and it began to touch the people that weren't in the house and the river of God's presence. He wants to touch the city, Christ church. And as God's people are in the river serving, the river will flow through you and flow into the city and continue to uh, fulfill God's eternal plan. So in closing, be love motivated. Don't get in the river out of shame or guilt or fear, or, or um, religious duty. Get in the river out of your love for Jesus. Hey, because you love him. Suffer for him because you love him. I don't suffer for nothing, but I'll suffer for him. Sometimes I, oh, I don't know if I want to do this, Jesus. I don't feel like it. He says, but would you do it for me, mate? But would you do it? Then when you keep it relational, not religious, not a duty, Oh, I'll do anything. I'll die for you. That's God. Keep it real. Keep your relationship with Jesus real. Do anything for him because he did everything for us. And so be love motivated for Jesus and for people. Aroha kete atua. Aroha kete tangata. Aroha means love for God is expressed by our love for each other. And when we leave this earth, 
May it be that we are carried. Could you keep the river up there, please? When we leave this earth, may it be that we are carried by the river to continue to flow in the river of God's eternal purposes in heaven because we will continue to be in the river in heaven of serving God. But we'll only have one chance to serve man while we're on this earth. We only get one chance to serve mankind in this world while we're mortal beings because we're going to become immortal beings once and we'll never have the chance to let the river flow out to those who don't know Jesus. We're going to get one chance. So when you're serving in the flow of the river of God's purposes, his rivers will flow out through you. Amen. Ha! Huh, so that's it. Yeah, take it and whatever that means to you, God bless you. <laughs> okay, I better preach. Yeah, not going to be as long as last time I was. Uh, I want to talk about the warrior spirit. And uh, if we could put, uh, uh, yeah, if we could put the PowerPoint up, please. Oh, no, no, sorry, I'm, I'm getting it wrong. Sorry for kidding. Yeah, no, leave that there. Don't tell me what your God can do. Show me. My God can do this. My God can do that. My God can raise the dead. My God can dissolve cancer. My God can heal a broken marriage. My God can restore broken hearts. Yes, show me. People want to see. They don't want to just hear, they want to see. And Jesus didn't come and talk people, give lectures. (laughs) He didn't have his disciples in a classroom sitting at the desk taking notes. (laughs) This is how they learned to follow Jesus. Uh -uh. He dragged them around the country with him. He went into hell holes and they went in with him. He went, they went into places where they're spitting at Jesus and wanted to kill him. And all his mates are there, oh, his disciples, what's going on, Lord? Shall we call down fire and blast these? Uh, it was on the job. It was in life. They followed Jesus in life. And they learned the one who is the way, the truth, the life. They learned how his life flowed out and changed people. And uh, when you hang around somebody that's carrying an anointing, you, you don't, it's not taught, it's caught. You catch what they carry. You catch it. And so I just love this church, and, and uh, uh, I love everyone. Not, I'm not singling out, but the young people, there's something on you guys. Man, this iron sharpens iron. When you get together, you, kind of, you sharpen each other up in the presence of God. I just love your hunger for the presence of God, for the presence of Jesus. That's the most powerful and the most, if we don't value the presence, what are we valuing? I wouldn't come to church that doesn't value the presence of God. I mean, what's the purpose? Well, who are we coming for? Our presence. That's right. No, I'm not. I want, we need his presence. Our, our cities need the presence. Anyway, so the, stay on track. The warrior spirit, 2 Timothy 1.7. <clears throat> you do not have a spirit of, of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, you might be uh, a, a, a person by nature, quiet, even timid. And that's wonderful. That's the way God created you. Uh, maybe quiet, but not timid. And so when you were born, whatever your nature was, fuck am I shy, I'll stand at the back. It's all good. That's you. But when you get born again, another nature comes into you. Because your human nature, it's corrupted by sin. And it's got fears and it's carries guilt and shame. When you got born again, you didn't get a new soul. You just got a new spirit. Okay, You didn't get a new soul. That's why you still have issues in your mind. That's why you still have a lot of Christians unresolved trauma and guilt and shame. 
where they've been abused, where they've been victims of incest, where they've been victims of violence. And they come to Jesus and they think, well, everything's brand new now. No, it's not brand new. Your spirit's brand new, but your soul's the same. It's still carrying the wounds and the bruises of who you used to be. But thank God for the spirit of Christ in you and for wise counsel from his word and and ministers they can help heal bring healing to those areas of your broken soul your wounded soul jesus said if you're burdened and heavy laden come and learn of me and you'll find rest for your soul for my burden is light my yoke is easy so many christians are burdened in their soul they've got a fiery spirit but they're still uh, they're still burdened in their soul and jesus wants to restore the soul and that's why I do the WAC courses. I'm just putting a plug in for that, for that course. Not for me. It's, it's, it's for you. If you want free, come to a WAC course and you'll learn how to allow Jesus to heal your, your soul and to get that crap out of the past and unblock your wells so that the rivers of living water are pure out of you. You're not operating out of shame or guilt or, or fear. You're operating out of a, a, a purity of the, of the love of Jesus that you know. So your spirits, so you get born again. And I got born again. I was a timid fella. I've, um, if anyone come visiting us, me and my brothers, we'd hide under the house and just look at the feet. Who's that? Who's that? Oh, it's auntie. <laughs> and come out, kids. Come out, mum. Get out. Where are you? Oh, come out there and stand there. Kiss your auntie. Oh, and she'll kiss us. And yeah. <laughs> we're timid. We were, I was timid. I was a bit really fuckama. And, uh, but when I got born again, no, I wasn't timid when I was drunk, though. <laughs> if I had a few beers in me, but that wasn't boldness. That was this arrogance. That was the drink in me. See, I was, it wasn't the Spirit of God. But when I met Jesus, my timidity left, and I became bold because I was confident because I knew who I was in God. And His Spirit came into me, and His Spirit is a warrior spirit. And, and so one of the first weapons I had, I learned, was the name of Jesus. So I used to get nightmares. In fact, for about the first three years I was a Christian, I had nightmares just about every, at least every month. I mean, horrific nightmares of these flipping creatures in my, and I'd bind them and I'd ask Jesus, the blood of Jesus over my mind and over my sleep, and I want nice dreams and all that sort of stuff, but I get nightmares. <laughs> and in the nightmares, I, I get that I couldn't wake up. I was just full of fear and terror. And I, I'm trying to wake up. Oh, I hate this. And then I'd wake up. And uh, the Lord spoke to me, and I said, why won't you take the nightmares away? He said, when you're having a nightmare, son, I'm trying to teach you how to move from your spirit, not your emotions. So what the fear that you feel is your soul. It's afraid. It's, it's in terror. Because there are demons that are terrorizing you as well. There are curses on your life. And I want you to learn how powerful my name is. So when you're in a nightmare, instead of trying to wake up and stressing out, just calm down, be still, and know, I'm God. So it's a bit surreal. You know, you're in a dream, and you know it's not real, and yet it is. And, and so the next time I had a nightmare, this, something was pushing my face into my, into my pillow. I was on my face. I'm going, and my hair at the back of my neck is like a porcupine. And I can't move. I'm just frozen with fear. And I can't wake up. Anyone experience what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. More people than, than not experience it. And, and I heard the voice of the Lord say, this is not a, not a human. This is a spirit. And he says, you have to turn your, here's the key. Turn your fear to righteous anger. Because I was afraid. 
I didn't have a spirit of fear. He says, yeah, it's one thing to know it. It's not truth that sets you free. It's the truth you know. And I knew by memory verse that I didn't have a spirit of fear. But So he said, if you don't, you don't have a spirit of fear, so activate your spirit and turn it, your fear into anger and tell it to go. But I couldn't talk. So he says, use your thoughts. The demon can hear you. So in my, mind, in my thoughts, I went, <laughs> I got really furious, but I couldn't open my mouth. But so I thought it with my thoughts in the name of Jesus, get off. And instantly there's something jumped off my back and I was able to sit up in my bed and I saw this black shape just disappear through the wall. My son was having a nightmare in the next room that night. And he said, Dad, last night I couldn't wake up and then suddenly I was set free. And, uh, and so that's one of the first weapons I learned was the name of Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus. And I've used it not just in dreams, of course, uh, or nightmares. But that's spiritual training. Sometimes God will treat, teach you in unconventional ways. And that's one of the unconventional ways I learned was through dreams. Dreams are spiritual, you know. Angels come and speak to you in dreams. Joseph and Mary, Gabriel the archangel, came and spoke to them. Dreams are not just... Uh, psychological or the pizza you ate the night before okay sometimes it is sometimes it's just what you ate and it's affecting your your your, your, uh, your psyche and your soul but sometimes it's got a lot of times it's God speaking to you and so that's one of the weapons the name of Jesus Christ the name above every name uh, if you want scriptures um, uh, we'll look them up yourself <laughs> No, Mark chapter 1, verse 23 and 25. Mark chapter 1, verse 23 and 25. There's a demon in the room, in the, in, the, in the church, the synagogue. Jesus walks in, and suddenly this demon inside a human being screams out, Ah, Jesus of Nazareth, have you come to torment us before the time? I know who you are. That's a good thing. Every demon knows the name of Jesus. I know who you are. I love that compliment. I love that compliment when demons say they know who I am. See, there are seven sons of Sceva, and they're trying to cast out demons, but they didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And so they said to this one spirit in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches, get out. And the demon said, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? And that demon attacked seven brothers, seven grown men, beat them up, and they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. You see, see the demons know the name of Jesus. They're also the known the names of those who know Jesus. I know Jesus, and I know Paul. Does he know? Does the devil know your name? <laughs> yeah, he should know your name. Well, he, of course he knows your name, but does he fear your name? That's a different thing. Does he fear your name? He fears the name of Jesus. He doesn't fear my name, but he fears the name of Jesus. And so the name of Jesus is the most powerful name in heaven and earth and under the earth. There's no name that can lift curses like his name. There's no name that casts out demons like his name. There's no name that can dissolve sickness and disease like his name. His name is above every name. So that's number one, the name of Jesus. Number two weapon is the spoken word of God. Luke 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 1 to 14, you read how Jesus went into the wilderness, was tested by the devil for 40 days and nights. And the devil came to him and said, if you're hungry, here, turn that stone into a bit of bread and a bit of bread. It'll be good for you. And Jesus was starving. I don't know if, it was, if I was there. I mean, oh, I need to sit back feet. <laughs> But Jesus says, nah, 
What did he do to the devil? Man shall not live by bread alone. He spoke the word of God. And he didn't think the word of God. He spoke the word of God. The sword of the spirit is the spoken word of God. How did, he, how did he know what to speak? Because he'd memorized the word of God. He read his, his, uh, his Torah. He read his Bible night and day. And he had the word in his wairua. So when the devil put the squeeze on him, instead of, it came out of him, help me, pastor, out of him came, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Get behind me, you devil. And the devil says, well, you know, bow down and worship me. I'll give you all this stuff. And Jesus knew I, I, I got better stuff than yours anyway. <laughs> he, says, he said, uh, You shall worship, the, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you. See, the spoken word of God, the spoken word of God. So I'm going to show you a clip of a woman. She's uh, in India and she's walking along and she had pain in her body. And um, I've memorized scriptures, Colossians 2, verse 13 down to 14, 15. It talks about how once we were, we were uh, bound by our sin, by our trespasses, but Jesus, that Jesus, he blotted out the handwriting of, the, of our sins against us and he nailed it to his cross. He made an open show over Satan. He triumphed over Satan and he delivered us. And that's the spoken word of God. So I saw this woman walking along and I, I, you know, and I started praying for her. And by the time the camera went on, she was already hit the ground and uh, this demon was in her and I'm speaking to the to her body and I'm speaking to the spirit with the word of God and the spirit came out so could we just show that clip please oh you can hear you can hear my words Isaiah 53. I'm not saying chapter and verse, I'm just letting it come out. Glory, Amen. Okay, thanks. You can turn it to. Uh, so that's just the spoken word of God. That's one, uh, thousands of times I've spoken out the word of God over people or individuals or crowds, and people just got healed. Bang, 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 because the word is His word, is His spirit. He sent His word and He healed them. The word of God is the most powerful thing in heaven and earth and under the earth. Heaven and earth will pass away, but His word will never pass away. And when we declare His word, the Holy Spirit's a star witness. He was on that. He saw Jesus die on that cross. He saw Jesus. Jesus take every sin of mankind. He saw Jesus take every curse of mankind. He saw Jesus take every disease of mankind. He saw Jesus take it. And that's why I can say by his wounds you are healed. By his stripes you are healed. By his by him being lying on a cross, he was cursed when he died on a cross. On that cross it represented a tree. Galatians 3.13 says, Cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. 
And when Jesus died on that cross, it's wood, made of wood. It's to symbolize that he also broke every curse of us. He didn't just take our sin. He broke every curse, and he broke all the fruit of the curse, which is poverty and sickness and, and calamity. He, he did the whole deal, the whole package. Now, I wasn't there. The devil was there, and the demons were there. They saw Jesus d- d- uh, take this 2,000 years ago, but the Holy Spirit was there. And that's why he's the star witness. And Jesus said, he, the Holy Spirit, he will be a witness to what I did. And that's why I'm saying, that's why I just called her, someone just been healed. Someone's been, because by his stripes, you were healed. You're not going to be, you were healed. Now, I can say that means nothing. But when, if it's truth, then the Holy Spirit said, I'll be a witness to what you say, Norm. Because you're not glorifying yourself, you're glorifying the Son of God. And if people respond to what Jesus did for them, they'll receive just like that. It's really simple. It's a bit different to trying to build your faith up to believe for healing. You just need, you've already got faith for healing because you're born again. It took faith to receive. Faith is a gift from God. It's not your faith. God's already given you faith. You don't need a bucket load of faith to move a mountain. You don't need a mountain of faith to move a mountain. Jesus said you just need a little tiny mustard seed of faith to move a mountain. It's tiny faith moves great mountains. But somewhere in our psyche, we have Christians generally have this feeling, I've got to have great faith. No, Jesus, have tiny faith can move great mountains. And it's just the tiny faith I have. I just obey what Jesus has done. And I obey the Holy Spirit. He tells me somebody's just been healed. The thing that gets up my nose is when Christians don't respond. So I don't go any further until somebody responds because I know they're healed and they won't put their hand up. And I'm not going to let it pass. I will rather, I don't want to dis- I don't want to grieve the precious Holy Spirit. I'm his servant. And when he tells, tells me some, he's done something for somebody, he's, glor- he's glorifying Jesus by bearing witness to what Jesus did for them on the cross. 2,000 years, he lifted a curse, and there's a curse lifted, and people don't respond. It gets up my nose. And Jesus, because he healed 10 lepers, and only one came back. So I'm not going to put up with that. I'm going to, I'm going to help cultivate honor in the house of God, and I'll just hang on to that until people respond. Because when he tells me he's done something, he's not a liar. The Spirit of God is not a liar. Humans are, we lie, but not the Holy Spirit. And what Jesus did is truth. And Holy Spirit, I'm bearing witness to the fact that your curse is broken. Someone right here, right now, uh, you've got a a rash on your body, a physical rash. And uh, a physical rash, of course, it's a physical rash. It's little uh, pop it, little bubbles. like When you scratch, 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 it just doesn't go away. But as I'm speaking, the, the Lord's healed it, right? It's, you're already healed. You don't have to put ointment on that anymore. It's healed right now. Oh, I give you glory. Now, I don't, yeah, you, you'll know that. Who is that person? Who is that person? God bless you, sweetheart. I think there's a couple of you here. I think, yeah, at the back there. Now, I don't know how you, you know, it's in a personal place. I don't want you looking for it right now. <laughs> but, you know, go and check it out and give glory to Jesus. It's him. See, this is how simple he flows, the river. If we'll learn how to surrender to him instead of trying to amp it up. You've got to have great faith. You've got to, you just got to have a, a simple obedience Anyway, moving on with the, okay, shikiti bahaha. The spoken word is a spiritual weapon, one of the weapons. Uh, okay, pause. You can have all the weapons, sword, club, whatever. But if you've got a timid spirit, it won't help you because you've got to run into the battle. 
Oh, master, I hope it works. <laughs> You've got to have a warrior spirit. You are a warrior. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is His name and His spirit lives inside of you. You may not feel, and it doesn't mean you have to yell and shout like me. I'm, that's just my personality. I love shouting. I love fighting. I love, I love action. But you don't have to be like me. But inwardly, you've got to be spiritually aggressive. You've got to be spiritually aggressive. Don't be passive. Don't be a passive spiritual. Don't be a passive spirit. Be an aggressive spirit. The devil's aggressive and so are his demons. And the Christian's so passive. Oh, oh, come out in Jesus. Nothing happened. I knew nothing would happen. <laughs> be aggressive in your spirit in Jesus' name. Jesus has moved my compassion, but he got angry. He told him to shut up and get out. That's in the terminology of the day. Okay. <clears throat> Worship, 2 Chronicles 2015. And uh, the, the king, uh, what's his handle? Old, um, not Hezekiah, Jehoshaphat. Surrounded by, he has outnumbered about 10 to 1 by the armies of the, of the enemy. And God says, I don't want you to go down a fight. I want you to go down into the valley. I want you to begin to send the, send the worship team in, in front of the SAS. Send the worship team in front. Send them. And there's all the SAS and all the warriors behind. Thanks a lot, worship team. But they went down and they began to praise God and lift up their voices to God. And you know the story. What happened is that the Lord set an ambush against the enemy and the enemy consumed himself. That when we were singing this morning, when we were worshipping this morning, rather, worshipping Jesus, he was inhabiting the praises of his people. His presence was in our praise. Mm -mm. And it's beautiful. We, we, the place was full of s s uh, smoke. Um, um, not, it's not methodic. Method, uh, Mythology, it's, uh, what's the, what am I trying to say, that word, you know, uh, fragrance, yeah, it was full of smoke, uh, metaphorically, <laughs> metaphorically, okay. this place was full of smoke before, and you can't see it, but you can smell it, the Holy Spirit, the Jesus can smell it, and he loves your praise, it's like incense to him, and so worship is something that knocks the devil off his backside, Paul and Silas were in, knocked up in prison, chained, locked up, thinking they're going to be, they were beaten, then they thought they were going to die the next day. And what did they do? Oh, some God this is. We prayed, and he said, come to Macedonia. We were led by the Spirit. We got in the river, and we're in the eternal purposes of God. And now what? We're getting smashed for it. Oh, God, what are you doing? No, no, that's what Christians would do. But um, Paul and Silas, at midnight, they said, let's praise God. So they began to praise God. They began to worship God. They began to sing to God. And God says, oh, my boys. And he sent an earthquake. And the prison bar, the chains fell off. The doors opened. All the prisoners got set free. Hey, praise and worship is a weapon I have found that breaks the hand of the enemy. I was called out to a funeral of a little boy who tragically, he was playing in the car with matches and he locked the doors in the car and he lit the matches and the car went on fire. And, uh, and so by the time dad came out, the car was ablaze, the little boy was locked in the car and he couldn't get out. And no matter how hard dad tried to smash the window, he couldn't break the window. And so he watched his child burn to death in this car. And the mother, she had just become a Christian. She was coming to our church and she was, uh, she was just distraught, obviously. And um, so I got called out to this tangi, to this funeral. 
And there's about a couple of hundred people outside the house. It was a dark night and it was dark in the spirit. You could, you could feel the anger. You could feel the animosity. You know, and the one, her sister, the, the, the mother, her sister came up to me to my face and says, your God better have something good. So they're blaming God and because she'd just become a Christian, you see. So I'm freaking out. So I feel like I'm going to be killed here. And uh, so I walked into the room, and the room's full of people, and there's a little body in a little casket, but it's got gaze, you know, bandages all over it because it's too disfigured. You can see the blood coming through. And I thought, oh. And I walked in, and everyone's wailing, wailing. And uh, the mother looks up at me with fire in her eyes. Why did God kill my baby? So she spat at me. Why did God kill my baby? And I thought, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I said, what do I do, God? See, I don't bring God my strength. I bring him my weakness. <laughs> I don't know what to do. But it's through our weakness that strength flows. When we think we know what we're going to do, we usually get into trouble. It doesn't work. So I didn't know what to do. I said, Jesus, what do I do? I just, and everyone's wailing, and she's screaming at me, and her eyes are blazing, and I'm thinking, what do I do? And Jesus said, speak in tongues real loud. So I'm glad I got a warrior spirit. Speak in tongues real loud, over above all their noise. Started going quiet, so I shut my eyes. I don't want to see what's going to come next. And then I stopped, and, and, and he said, now sing this song. So I sung this old song. He touched me. Oh, yes, he touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know Jesus touched me and made me whole. So I opened my eyes. Everyone's got their heads bowed. There's no screaming, no wailing. The mother is staring at me, not angry anymore. She's just going, like this, I said, what's happening? What is happening? She said, when you started singing, Jesus walked to the wall, holding the hand of my little boy. He had his little cap back to front, his little gummies and his shorts, and he's yapping away to Jesus. And him and Jesus are yapping away, and they walk right through the wall, right past me. And as they're about to go out the other wall out, Cheyenne taught, turned to me and says, see you later, Mum. The power of God just broke out over those, that week of that tonguey. And God just moved in that place, in that darkness. He brought divine order out of the chaos, out of worship to him. Worship is a spiritual weapon. And uh, when, we, when I was officiating at the, at the grave and they lowering the little casket, there were four patched member mongrel mobs lowering the casket, singing, I will glorify the Lord. Oh, he. So what's wrong with this picture? What's right with this picture? Is this church? Uh, that's the kingdom. That's Christ. That's Jesus. That's letting the rivers flow out of the house into the hurting and the, uh, uh, of the hurting community that we're surrounded by. Oh, it's beautiful. So praise and worship is a spiritual weapon. You just begin to lift up your praise to God. 
Uh, the last weapon I'm going to talk about is um, tongues. You may not think tongues is a weapon, but tongues is a spiritual weapon. There's two types of tongues. There's the tongues where you speak and it builds up your spirit. It edifies you. That's your own special tongue. Amen? You understand? You guys are Bible scholars. And then there's the other tongue is when you speak and God will give an interpretation of that tongue. So either give that interpretation to you, Smith Wigglesworth often used to speak in tongues and interpret himself. Otherwise, uh, we are taught in the charismatic days that someone will speak up in a tongue, blah, 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 and someone else will stand up and, and interpret it with English. Often was, was, wasn't even anything to do with anything. It was just somebody just wanted their voice to be heard, that's all. Because <laughs> we have a lot, of, a lot of insecurity back there. But <laughs> thus saith the Lord, blah, 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 and the Lord is saying, blah, blah, blah. And, Next Sunday, same old, same old, same old interpretation, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> sorry for being rude, but I'm not. <laughs> so tongues is a spiritual weapon. I didn't know that. I didn't know that until um, I got called out to a um, kiti mayato kuhiaha. Put the PowerPoint up again, please. Sorry, I forgot to talk about the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Next one, please. So they brought to me, a, a, you remember the four friends that brought a cripple to Jesus and lowered it through the roof? Well, there wasn't four, there was just two of them. They brought their friend, she was dying. Next one, please. So she's lying, she's lying on a deathbed, okay? And I says, what do you want me to do, Jesus? He said, I want you to hold her hand and say, silver and gold I have none, but what I have in the name of Jesus, receive life, and then breathe on her. <laughs> because I carry the breath of life. You know, if you don't understand, ask a wacker. They'll tell you what the breath. You carry the breath of life. The spirit of God is in your breath. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. And so I went, breathed on her. And when I pulled her hand, next one, please. So I'm saying, in the name of Jesus, these signs will follow those who believe. They will cast out devils. I told the spirit to leave her. Not in my strength. I have, what can I do? This woman's dying. What have I got? I I'm not, I'm not a miracle worker. <laughs> I'm not God. Cancer won't dissolve just because I'm there, but it will because of Jesus flowing through me. And next minute, boom, they will lay hands on the sick, they will recover. See, this is the office of the believer. Any one of you here, if you were there at that time, and I wasn't, here do you show if you're willing to step out in the office of a believer and use the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus. You'll cast out demons, you'll lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. I do whack to show you how to do this. All you're hearing me is telling you, all you're hearing is me showing you what I do, but I'm not here just to inspire you. I want to equip you and empower you and show you how to do that stuff. And if you can go beyond me, well, it will be my greatest honor that if you go beyond my ministry, that's the greatest honor I can receive for Jesus. Okay? But the heck, man, there's so many lack of laborers in the nation that just they want to sing about power, but they don't want to be trained. Yeah, they want to be a doctor, but if you're going to be a doctor, you go and get trained. It costs you thousands of dollars. It takes you years. And you don't get this sort of ministry just with a little devotional once a day and come to church on Sunday and get pastor to lay his hand on your empty head. And now you can raise the dead. Off you go. Change Christchurch. Okay, so going back to the last one, sorry. Tongues. Tongues. Could you just flick the next one, please? Just to oh, go back again. Yeah, okay. So I was called out 
to a hostage situation in Omaru. And down the road, five houses down the road, there's a lady living there. And uh, oh, I'm not finished yet, but it's time to get off, is it? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm floating, boom. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> so there's this uh, young guy in, in the city, in the town, rather, in Omaru. And he and his wife had split up. So he's so angry. And I know he's going to snap, and he could do something bad to her. So I'm trying to lead him to Jesus, but he's not that interested. And so it's a Sunday night after church. We're sitting in the house having a cup of tea. And down the road, five houses down the road, there's one of our church members gone to visit the wife of this man. And he's got a, she's got a protection order, a piece of paper to say, you're not allowed to come on here. But a piece of paper don't stop anyone. He walked in with a knife. And in front of our friend from the church, he stabbed her 19 times in front of her. Stab, 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 stab. Our church friend, she came out and she banged on the doors of the houses for help. No one would open their door. And, and then as she was banging on doors, this, the wife that he had just stabbed, she's still alive. And she walked out. And so our friend grabbed her and dragged her up to our house where we're having a nice cup of tea after, on Sunday night after church. Just saying, what a great time we had at church. Wow, God really moved. God doesn't just move in church, eh? And there's a bang, bang on the door. And I open the door and there's this woman with the blood pouring out of her. And my friend says, Steve's just stabbed her and he's with the children upstairs. I said, what? So we bring her in and she sits in a chair and the chair turned red instantly with all the blood. The hot smell of blood. And uh, we rang, so rang the police, rang the, am, uh, the uh, ambulance. And, um, and so the road was closed off, red and blue lights and flashing lights and armed defender squad came and they were all around the house and the Lord said to me he says get ready they're going to come and ask you to come down to the house soon and speak to this man are you ready I says Lord do you want me to go he says yes I says you better send an angel Lord he says I will I'll take care of it just be ready so I just went outside and started praying in tongues now the paramedics came they came into a house they put the you know the gurney the stretch the thing from the ambulance, they put it up, they put her on it, they ripped the clothes off and they started counting the, the stab wounds. That's how I know it was 19. This is 19 stab wounds, blood pouring out. The jugular was cut 90% through. They said, we got here, three more minutes, she'd be dead. We've just got her. We've just got her in time. So they carted her off. So I'm walking around in my backyard, uh, just praying in tongues. And about, I don't know, half an hour later, a cop walks up my driveway. He says, are you Norm McLeod, Pastor Norm? I says, yep. He says, uh, look, he he's, um, he's, uh, he won't talk to the Māori warden and he won't talk to the police negotiator, but he said he'll talk to Pastor Norm. Um, would you come down? I said, I'll be waiting on you, mate. Let's go. And so we went down and we, I went down into the house. I went into the house uh, and there's blood all over the walls. The whole wall's just covered with the blood where when he stabbed it, just... I'm talking about reality. I'm trying to shock you. This is a reality. This is where Jesus goes. This is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Oh, this is His presence. He's the one. He's amazing. Who are we? We're nothing, but He's everything. We are weak, but He is strong. And so the police negotiator is standing at the bottom of the stairwell, looking up, and he's talking. And the stairwell is so narrow. And up, when I went around, there's a guy up at the top of the stairs with a knife. And there's an open door where they, they can hear the sounds of his daughter. They thought it was his daughter, but he had two daughters. And they were hearing the sound of the daughter that he hadn't touched. 
So they think we can't rush him because he'll get to his daughter before us. So the armed defenders, they, you know, they had guns, but they couldn't get the gun around because he had said he'd just step in. So it was a hostage situation, actually. There's dogs everywhere. There's AO offenders everywhere. They're tr- trying to get a bead on him. And I'm looking up there at him, and he's got this knife, and he's doing this. <coughs> nice about yay long, and he's stabbing himself. His eyes are rolled to the back of his head. There's just the whites. And he's screaming. It's not a human. It's a demon. But you know what the office of the believer is? Jesus said, and these signs shall follow those who believe. They will cast out demons. This is a 1990. This isn't just something that I learned. And uh, I said, what do I do, Jesus? He said, speak in tongues real loud. I said, what? Speak in tongues real loud? These guys will think I'm a nutter. (laughs) Isn't that disgusting? My flesh kicked in. The Spirit of God has opened a door for me to go down and do, but I'm thinking about me. Oh, what will they think about me? Oh, isn't that disgusting? What will they think? What a... And he said, if you don't, someone's going to die. I said, oh, that's enough. <laughs> so I just went, I thought, at least it sounds Maori anyway. <laughs> And his eyes just rolled back into his head and he looked down at me and he says, no. And he began to, and, 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 and he, as I spoke in tongues, and he began to speak. I spoke back words, wisdom, that I don't know where it came from. And I found out later on, the Lord says, it's tongues and interpretation, tongues and interpretation, tongues and interpretation. And, um, and so he calmed down a bit. Then the, the policeman said, mate, think of your future. And then he started, he grabbed his knife and stabbed himself in the throat five times. Boom and air and blood spewed out of his throat and sounds. <laughs> this is like, like the gathering demoniac, man. This was real. And I'm just going, what the? There's just this grace on me. It's like, I wasn't shocked. I wasn't afraid. It was like this grace on me. It was like, I'm just going, wow, far out. Is this really happening? And it was. And so he stabbed himself in the throat and then he started stabbing himself in the heart. I saw him stab himself, I don't know, about 10 times. And he couldn't die. He couldn't die. And, and, and what triggered him off the second time is the cop says, think of your future, mate. Do you know what he's thinking? I've, as far as he knows, I've just killed my wife. The cops didn't know that his daughter lying next door, he'd cut her throat ear to ear. Sorry, but she's lying there dying. It's the other daughter that's making noises. They didn't know he'd already done that. Otherwise, they probably would have blown him away. And so when he spoke to me, I could understand what he's saying. It's like, I've got interpretation too. So back in tongue, and then he just dropped the knife. So as soon as he dropped the knife, I'm up those stairs and I gave him a hug. I loved the guy. I hated what he did, but it's God's love through him. I just gave him a hug. And then I went into the room and there's a little girl lying there and her throat's wide open. It's one of the most horrific uh, wounds I've ever seen in my life. But her eyes, are, her eyes are blinking. I said, she's still alive. And thanks be to God, we prayed over her. The doctor said she won't live. The priest went and did the last rites and everything. But the next morning I went to visit her and she's sitting up, stitched up, drinking a milkshake, smiling away. Yeah. The guy, what happened to him? He got imprisoned for, got life well, not life, 20 years or so. Gave his life to Jesus. 
I saw a mark change in him. I, I've, okay, so the tongues and interpretation. Tongues and interpretation are a spiritual weapon. Now, it's a good, it's a happy ending. Okay. Uh, about two years ago, I got a call from a, some somebody down south, and they said, are you the tohunga that lifted something off my dad? I said, more details. In Y Street, Omaru. I says, ah, oh, that's the house. That's the murder house, we call it. I said, who are you? She said, I'm the little girl that had the throat cut. I said, what? She, I said, can we meet? She said, I love to meet. I love to meet. So you can put the, the PowerPoint up for us. Oh, so no, next one, next one, next one, go back. So that, that's the news headlines. And they said, prayer and reason help answer. Even the world acknowledged and recognized it wasn't by their might or power, it was by the Spirit. Even the world recognizes. See, he's charged with it. She was critical. She was on the deathbed. But Jesus, but Jesus. And so she rang me. And next one, please. Yeah. So this is my friend. And she's had a little bit of oxygen deprivation, so she gets headaches and that. But she's given her life to Jesus, and she's going to come up and get some counselling. That she wants me to give some counselling. What an honour! And um, and so, what the devil means for evil, if we surrender these things to God, it may not change the situation, may not take away the initial pain or the immediate pain, but eventually God will work it for good. Because all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, who are called according to His purpose. The devil means it for evil, but God means everything in our lives to work out for good. So they're just, uh, that's just four spiritual weapons of spiritual warfare that, I've, that I use continually. That's the warrior anointing. So you have the warrior spirit. If you've got the weapons, you've got to have the warrior spirit. You do have the warrior spirit. Thank you, Jesus. If you need to give your life to Jesus, if you've opened up uh, backslidden or turned your back on Jesus or got hurt because uh, uh, you got betrayed by somebody or something happened in your life and you took your eyes off Jesus and you're looking at the dramas, you're looking at the pain and your life now revolves around the drama or something that God did or did not do or something that somebody did, you got your eyes off Jesus and you got your eyes on yourself. And the solar system revolves around the sun, not the other way around. And when our lives revolve around ourselves, we just have disorder all the time. And I want to encourage you to lift your eyes back on Jesus and surrender to Him and get back in the river of God, of His purposes for your life. If you need to recommit, rededicate your life to Jesus, I'd love to pray for you. Just a short prayer right now. If that's you, on the count of three, just stick your hand up. I'm not going to call you down the front or anything, but I just want you to acknowledge to God because I'm here to help you. He's here to do you good. He's here to do you good. You're a warrior. There's a shortage. I'm, I'm, a, recru I'm a recruiter. He needs warriors. Okay, so the river's flowing. The river's a destiny's flowing. One day we'll die and that river will still be flowing through this city. Will we have been part of that river of God? So on the count of three, put your hand up. Tahi rua toru. Just put your hand up. You want to commit your life to it. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone? God bless you. Anyone else? Just, just raise your hand. Unto Jesus. Come on. You don't need a long, drawn-out altar call. We don't need to sing Amazing Grace 10 times. You know your heart's going, but just, just obey your spirit, not your head. Tell your head to shut up. Your head's trying to justify why you shouldn't respond. But your spirit's saying, uh-uh. Listen to that voice. God bless you. That's your conscience. And that's the voice of your spirit. Listen to your conscience. God bless you. Anyone else? 
God bless you. God bless you. Listen to the, the sure spirit. He will always do you good. Okay, those of you who put your hand up, would you, would you just say this prayer with me together? Jesus, I surrender. Forgive me, Lord, for letting my life revolve around me. I recommit my life to revolve around you, your ways, your will. Cleanse me with your blood. Wash me with your spirit. And help me now, Lord, to move in a warrior anointing. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And amen. God bless you, Gideon.